This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pivotal Conversations podcast. It's your host Kyle and on today's episode I have one of the top educators in the fitness industry right now, Luke Tullick. I've been lucky enough to work with Luke now for just over two years and he's played a massive role in educating the members of our mastery program and just supporting them and, and as a, both a business owner and as an educator um, in the physiology and nutrition space. But I think the thing that I really love about Luke the most is the conversations that we have around learning productivity and execution. Luke's hands down one of the best executors of tasks and um, activities that I've ever seen, you know, Um, and I think obviously it's a testament to his background in neuroscience as well. I know that ever since I've started to dive deep into the the realm of neuroscience, the way I um, structure my days and, and how I learn and these kind of things has just gone to another level and that's really something that we talk about today in today's episode and for some reason we always end up coming back to this when it comes to our conversations you know we, we have a lot behind the scenes around productivity and learning and and how we can go and get the most bang for buck um, from a progress standpoint in both our our you know our careers and our businesses and you know we've definitely come back there today and that's what we dive deep into is um, productivity learning uh, and and within that realm, and you know, some of the biggest takeaways that I got out of today's um, episode is Luke's top strategies for productivity. Um, I think you know, productivity is something that definitely gets overlooked in the industry today. I think a lot of people get attached to hard work, and the way we measure productivity isn't by um, how long we work, by it's it's actually how much we get done. You know, maximum output from minimum input is what everyone should be going for. So that's a really cool subject that um, I'm looking forward to you guys hearing. And uh, we also kind of look at Luke's top two hacks for retaining more knowledge. Something, again, it's like I, I can honestly say that I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't, um, if I hadn't learned as much as what I had. And you know, I, I just think about everyone and I go, what would happen if, you know, you retained double the amount of information um, per minute that you, you already had across all the education platforms that you're doing, across all the seminars you go to, um, you know, all the education that you're putting yourself through this year, what would happen if you uh, retained double the information? And I think it's crazy because I think compounding knowledge is really what allows us to cross um, examine and, and look at the, the hidden messages that you know education um, can give us, especially from a business standpoint. And uh, the last one is a, is a really cool subject that I think all of you got you um, all of you will love, and it's how to increase digestibility of our content that we're posting on social media, so we get greater engagement and we educate our audience um, and can kind of really uh, break down content so that it's extremely digestible for our audience based on who that audience is. And, I mean, the benefit of that is, and, and something that we kind of talk about is that, you know, at the start of our careers, we both kind of were putting out information and thought we had to be seen as geniuses and the, the smartest people. So we were kind of writing essays and trying to give this high-tech information and, and in-depth information and really, you know, looking at different platforms on social media and different platforms of um, education delivery and looking at what suits that uh, that platform the best and and you know we kind of talk a little bit about instagram as well and how you know the more basic content we're posting now gets the most engagement um and how we need to make it visual so i think if you're looking to kind of grow a following or at least you know um speak to your audience and make your content much more digestible that's going to be a really great good topic um for you and uh, all in all, just a, a really cool conversation that we had. Um, it was just after Systems and Synergy, which was Australia Day. So it was, it was a little while ago now, but we kept it in the bank to break it up because obviously we've been diving deep into some topics such as finance and cash flow, which we've had a lot of great feedback on, by the way. So, um, But we wanted to break it up for a bit for you guys and to make sure that um, you know we're not just kind of talking about money all the time, although it is very, very important. Um, something a little bit different today that I hope you guys get a lot out of and I hope you enjoy and um, you know if you want to check Luke out as well he's 
Uh, Instagram is in the show notes, and he's someone who is an open book. I think he answers a heap of questions daily, so um, you can go on there and ask him a question as well, and um, you know he'd be happy to answer. But just before we dive into it, guys, just on the finance and cash flow episode that we did in the previous episode, we had a lot of feedback and said that it was something that hit home for a lot of people, and and obviously in business, it's something that um, at one point or another, we're all, all every single one of us is going to struggle with um, cash flow and finance. Um, so it's something that we're going to start putting a lot more effort into. But before we dive into the episode, uh, if you are someone who's currently struggling with the financial the financial side of your business or cash flow, or you know you feel like you're working. Um, you know, and putting in a lot of effort but not seeing enough return um, on the finance side, uh, head on over to EliteVitalityMastery.net and make sure you download the PT Profit System. It is literally a system that you can implement tomorrow that will increase the, um, the profit margins in your business. It'll allow you to save capital within your business um, and just create more stability, which means that you get to be more creative, more innovative, which is what's going to drive, you know, your business and the growth of your business. Uh, and, and a lot of it is based upon um, if you're under financial stress, if you're not seeing a reward from the effort you're putting in, you're not going to be able to create the strategies necessary to grow your business. So go on over, download it. It's completely free. Um, it's literally there. It's just a free resource to get, offer value and just create a little bit more stability, a bit of steel on the walls for all business owners in the fitness industry. As always, guys, if you enjoy this episode, if you think somebody else can get something out of it, please give it a share. Um, leave us a rating if you feel like it and um, I'll see you on the other side. I'm thankful that I am at least the kind of person who can get into something and get it done fairly quickly. Mm. I don't really have to like ease into a task or whatever. I can kind of just switch on and do it, um, which is like a little bit different to how my wife works. She kind of tends to take 15, 20 minutes to really sink her teeth into something and start to get mm. creative juices flowing and stuff. Um, I'm quite similar like mm. in that like you know that's why I study first thing in the morning like yeah. for me it like primes my brain and it allows me to kind of get a flow if that mm -hmm. makes sense because yeah. otherwise if I don't have a flow like I actually get a little bit like I feel like I can't I don't know, I don't know whether this is just the, my, like perception or mm -hmm. like because it's I'm out of routine but I think maybe that's what I mean like if I haven't studied in the morning I kind of get a little bit like weird about maybe my brain's not at its peak and yep. you know do I always have to be at my peak to work and, and that yeah, kind of thing yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's an interesting paradigm that I I play with and I think um you know I, I do find myself getting a bit weird like that but it's the same thing and like I think it, we talked about it in the seminars like the the side of the brain right like the mm. in, in you know uh, you're always probably going to fall to one side maybe like I don't know yeah you could kind of be in the middle of it but like I know I'm very intuitive in the way I like to talk in meta metaphors and and kind of stuff like that yeah but I think it, it would play on that but yeah it's an interesting concept yeah totally um no, it should be should be interesting, and hopefully, I think everything's kind of set up pretty well now, so it should be sweet. I mean, hopefully, because we're four weeks <laughs> You'll away. Find so out, right? yeah, You'll find exactly. out, right? So, so I want to kind of come back to that. What do you put, you know, your over time, right? In terms of you said you you kind of can sink your teeth into things straight away. I, I like when I hear that, I'm like, well, that's it's almost a representation of the way you've done things over time as well. Like, mm. you know, we talked about it last time is like that process orientation. Like, yeah. you know, I know that you're very kind of strict on your bedtime and, yeah. and these kind of things, right? And how much do you think that plays a role in, in how you learn or your ability to kind of go boom? I think it's really helpful because, I mean, firstly, because it is routine, right? Like I... If you, if you always do something a certain way at a certain time, then it's easy to slip into that, you know? So I think that helps a lot. I'm sure if you got me to try and do something that I normally do at 9 a.m. at 9 p.m., I'd be a little bit lost. But um, I think it is, like you mentioned, there's process orientation where you, you know a few things that you got to do. Um, and so that's easily identified. And so it's just a case of like, okay, there's this one maybe subtask or something of a greater thing that I need to just get after and put my head down and do for 30 minutes or whatever it is. And I felt found that is very helpful. I find it's really difficult or what has been difficult for me is when there's a lot going on. So I obviously have a few different branches of the business. Mm. And now that the in-person stuff is um, gone for the moment, it's actually helped quite a lot because, you know, I used to have the in-person business i had the membership site i had the online course i had um 
seminar stuff I was doing and then I also had the online coaching and so all of that is just you know it's all taking your attention there's stuff you got to do for all of it and yeah. obviously you got to still be posting shit on social media and responding to questions and emails um, so that's difficult when you've got a bunch of different tasks and maybe there's a lot of stuff that's quite simple to do it's like simple things like replying to messages and emails and you know having a 15 minute call with someone it's not particularly difficult to do, but it just takes up so much mental bandwidth mm. that it makes it, you, you kind of feel paralyzed sometimes. I'm sure everybody who's listening would have felt this where there's kind of a task that's big, but it has a bunch of pretty simple, straightforward things that you've got to take care of to make sure that that thing gets done. And you kind of feel a bit lost and you fuck around on social media and you kind of get nothing done. And the challenge is really just identifying the one thing you got to do and, mm. you know, give it 20 minutes and fuck, it gets done. Mm. And then it's the next thing. And so that is process orientation. Um, so that is really having done that over several years. I think that has helped me in good stead because now it's like if I can identify what I need to do, I can do it instantly and get it done. I think it's it's like, you know, in, in context of personal trainers as well, like I know that when you're on the floor a lot as well and like you know obviously we sell our time for money initially mm. right like it's it's such a you know you can only really earn money when you sell your time which means that you got to play this you're in this kind of uh this pendulum right where you're like you know you you, you want to earn more money mm. and the only way you can earn more money is by giving away more time so then you're putting more on your plate, right? That mental mm. bandwidth that you have, you're kind of taking some away for money and that takes away from things like study and things like that. So like, I think one of the most important things is that you you are strict with your time as well. Cause mm. I think like it's the whole cause and effect thing. Like if you are strict with your time and that means you'll stop selling your time for money in a yeah. sense. And you like, for instance, if you say, okay, well, I want to study for 10 hours a week and I want those 10 hours a week to be at peak brain time. So like I know when my brain, when I can learn at my peak, for me, it's in the morning. Like I'm like, if, if it, anything, the, the later on in the day, the less I feel like I will actually retain the information. Mm -hmm. So then setting two hours in the morning for study, right? And then like not compromising on that. So it's like, okay, well, I actually, it's interesting. I actually just went through this. Like, you know, I don't do a whole heap of coaching anymore just because same thing. It's like mental bandwidth. Uh, if I probably don't take on any more than 10 clients at a time, mm. I still like to do it because it gives me that diversity that I need, but, and it still keeps me up to date with like the science side of things. Mm -hmm. um, but I had someone come in and I'm, I'm at like eight clients and she come in and she's like, oh, you know, I want to do a comp prep, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Like I, I, can, I can do that. And then I thought, and I was like, hang on do I actually want to like and I kind of said yes and I was like yeah like we can jump on a call and we jumped on and had the call and and then I thought to myself I was like I just don't know if it's is that like I well I knew I felt like it was going to compromise that bandwidth it's like yeah. and obviously it's like I, I was thinking ahead I was like okay well in 10 weeks time when she's three you know four weeks out she's going to want to talk to me every day yeah exactly she's going to want to do this and i'm like i've got a lot going on and it's like first of all am i going to be the right person for this job mm. in 10 weeks time totally. i'm like and i start to think what i've got in 10 weeks time. i'm like fuck no <laughs> and i was like but you know the other thing as well is that mental bandwidth it's like you know that's going to take away from other things that i need to do that i want to do that i you know are important to my kind of day-to-day -day and and really the process orientation of my whole business yeah and it's interesting that you said that because it's like, I feel like that's the, 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 the fight that is a PT, you know, you kind of, you're always struggling with that pendulum that swings from one place to another where, you know, you, you know, the only way you can earn more money and that's what we're kind of, it's hard because that's what we're taught initially. It's like, you know, mm. money is, it's good. Like when you, when your business is growing, you want it to grow more. Yeah, so yeah. the whole cause and effect thing, like, okay, well, if I, don't compromise on 10 hours of study a week. That means I have to think of another way to either earn more or, or kind of scale in a sense. Yeah, it's really hard, especially... So I've got a few friends who have really successful in-person businesses, you know. Mm. Um, but the thing is, you know, a lot of them want to move a bit more online or be more hybrid, I suppose. But, you know, by the time you get home from, you know, doing six to eight sessions in a day to then try and put together something quality working yeah. in your business is so tough. Mm. So yeah, their business is booming and they should be able to make that transition more easily than someone who's only doing 10 sessions a week. But they also don't have the bandwidth to actually work on that stuff. Mm. And so they're in this weird like stalemate. Um, it just takes like monumental effort to kind of move that needle, which is really hard. 
Yeah. So I think it's probably a pretty common thing. It's like either you don't have enough exposure and enough clients to kind of move into the online realm or you've got so much in-person business that you also can't move into the online realm because you're busy with your in-person business. It's really tough. 100%. I think um, that comes down to like the individual as well. Like that's why, you know, initially like my process orientation or the the process orientation of my day hasn't really changed in a sense because like what I made a decision was, was like my knowledge on no matter what I'm studying whether it's the science of getting someone a result whether it's business you know and it's obviously changed as as time's gone on but it was like the way my brain works doesn't like you know learning for me is like okay well the second I set time in the morning to do my study instead of trying to do it just filling gaps Mm. was the second that I started to retain more information which actually allowed me to you know maybe charge a little bit more or um think of ways to deliver the service in a, in, in a way that's scalable in a sense where I'm not just giving my time and there's nothing wrong with time for money right like it's all contextual like whatever you want to do like I still sure. like I think it's it's a, it can be a really really good model but it just has you know you need to be able to scale it in a way that um, comes from having that ex- that knowledge right and I think that's one thing that I see in the mastery is that people like there's some people that are that busy that like it's like for them to make any change they have to cop a massive hit within yeah. the amount of income that they take and that's probably the hardest thing like one way that I always looked at it because to be fair like I fucking I went through it right like it was every hour that I got back in money earned so wait so every every hour that I um scaled right so let's say an online client so it was like all right 80 if if i was making an extra 60 dollars a week that would come off the hour Mm. so then you know if someone dropped off i wouldn't get it back so i was never earning more money but i was always getting back more time like just chipping away at it and it you know it took me a fucking it took like two years i think but in the end i had this really good model where it was i could you know, maybe do like three or four hours a day in the gym. I could, and then I could still do my study and I could still work on what I wanted to work on. Um, and I was always, I never earned more money, but I was always just chipping away and yeah. getting people, getting time back, if that makes sense. And that yeah. was always the biggest asset. Yeah, I, well, I totally agree. And it, um, it means that the work that you do do is of high quality as well. So that's super important. I, I did a, a switch to a bit of a semi-private model um, in my in-person business and that was a really good move because it meant I could see so many more people um, at one time um, which really meant that it freed up a lot of time outside of that you know and then you can work on business and stuff I mean that original physiology course that I did was unbelievably intensive in terms of the amount Mm -hmm. of information I had to gather and synthesize for that it took me years to put that together Um, and I wouldn't have been able to do it unless I managed to yeah get that time back so you know it was a really important thing because obviously that's paid dividends to this point yeah 100 percent. and so that was obviously the evolution of of kind of luke talik right it's like you know so you were doing like one-on-ones yeah mostly one-on-ones and then um i think it was a few years ago at at lyft uh we had a sort of membership where people could come in and, and do sort of semi-private classes and we ended up changing the PT model where the PTs were now, again, doing their own thing. Um, and so I decided to carry over that, that sort of class model, I guess, but on a, you know, with, with fewer people. Um, and so you ended up with this semi-private groups, which uh, I think more and more people are doing now, but at the time, I don't think very many trainers were doing it. And it just meant that um, per unit time, I'm seeing more people are making more money but the quality of what they're getting is not being downgraded. You yeah, know? so the coaching was still delivered. The, the coaching the was still age. delivered the same. They could still get bespoke programming, nutrition, and that sort of stuff. So that ended up kind of being my main focus. And then I would do some one-on-ones on top of that, of course. But um, it just meant that I got a, an extra two or three hours free each day, mm. um, which was massive. And then that ended up going so well that I ended up being able to take um, work four days a week. So I would take Wednesdays off. Uh, well, off I would work from home mm. and then the weekends obviously would work from home as well and I could work on my online stuff using that time so it all kind of evolved that way um, to this point now where I'm, I'm now completely online so yeah awesome I want to go back to something that you said before with um, the intensive physiology course mm. um, that's something that we're realizing as well is that the in, like 
we kind of had this we had a membership site or something that we would do to onboard people is like give them and we just like filled it with so much information and it was like we ended up getting the feedback that not many people were getting through the content that we needed them to get through totally like um what did you do while building out the physiology course to actually regress that or like kind of and and we, we did talk about it in the in um systems and synergy on the weekend where you know getting a really really deep understanding of a certain topic but then being able to present it in a way that's digestible so you know very basic terms uh you know and can be digested quickly Mm, it's yeah it was really hard so i I put i wanted to like you you would pay your your two or three grand or whatever i priced it at at the time and you'd get so much information for that amount of money Mm. like you know it was worth 10 grand you know Mm. what i mean in terms of the amount of information that was there um and it ended up being something stupid like fucking 50 hours worth of videos or something you know and it's just like no one's getting through that of physiology you know what i mean it's that's an hour a week try yeah (laughs) for a whole year yeah and people weren't getting through halfway you know what i mean um so i went back and and went through all the stuff and kind of went what can i do to streamline it a whole bunch cut off as much deadwood and it's hard because you, you got to make some hard decisions you're like this information is really really cool but at the end of the day like how useful really is it mm. and all that sort of stuff so you'd cut that out and cut this out and i think the evolution of how everything moves through now with the new course in science of fitness just makes more sense it builds on each other on previous information better um and it's delivered more simply and I also use that technique where that we spoke about at the seminar of interleaving where you kind of you have one topic and then um, you kind of you put in a different topic or or, you know something completely different in between that and then you come back to that original topic again and when you do that when you space out exposure to information that way people actually learn it a bit better in the long term allows them probably to integrate as well exactly you know and so i think that keeps interest for one thing it allows the uh, you know your memory your long-term memory actually works better when you do something like that um and then it all kind of flows into each other a little bit better as well so that's kind of how i've i've changed it this time um and and just made it i suppose specific specific to the the audience that is working a full-time job that doesn't have like hours a week to study Mm. right um so i think it's yeah much improved i think it's like it's an important like um thing for people to learn that are maybe trying to follow a similar path like maybe not building a course but even just the way you maybe structure the way you coach or or you know the way you um however you try if you're trying if you're trying to educate people like because mm. for instance it's like and it's context i think the context is king it's like you know for instance physiology plays a role in many different realms in life but we're talking about um a particular so the yeah. science of fitness so it's like okay well now i can start to position things in a way that is completely and or, or completely orientated around the the, uh, the audience that i'm trying to project it to yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I think that's massively important. Um, and, you know, now I have a better idea of the type of trainer that is getting onto those courses. I mean, we we spoke about it as well, where when you first start presenting stuff, I actually spoke about it with uh, Jamie Smith on my podcast recently, and he was saying um, that, you know, we both did this. When you first start presenting, you kind of come in at too high a level, and there's always someone in the audience and probably multiple people who actually need it simplified more and you mm. never really realize that and it's um it's one of the curses when you're writing content or when you're educating people or if you're writing blog posts or whatever you know if you're a trainer even writing it for the general public is you it's very difficult to imagine yourself in their shoes mm. no not knowing what you know you know what i mean it's difficult to imagine yourself without a certain piece of knowledge it's actually a really difficult thing um, and so that m- makes it very difficult when you're writing something uh, because you can't really predict what people haven't come across yet. And the only way you can really do that is obviously by working hard at it, but also getting the experience uh, presenting to people. And so when I first started presenting, I came in way too high and I'd be like, oh, okay, people aren't getting it. I'd dumb it down. And then I would think that the stuff's dumbed down more or simplified. Let's put it, say simplified. It's not really dumbed down. It's simplified. Um, and then still people wouldn't quite get where I'm coming from, how I'm phrasing things or whatever. And so you'd have to simplify more and simplify more, you know, which is funny. So it's almost like, if anything, set the bar a bit low in terms of how simple you make concepts because the problem is at least you'll catch everybody's interest then. 
or like everybody will be on the same page as you. Whereas if the bar's set a little bit too high to start with, you might lose 50% of your audience like that mm. straight away, you know? Well, I think it's like the important thing to um, understand is that like it's almost like productivity, right? It's not about how much you do, it's about what you get done. So yeah. it's like, think about that perspective, but for the people you're trying to educate. So it's like, you know, power is measured by distance over time. Mm. So it's like, you need to think about that with what you're giving to people is like, you're, you know, the goal is for them to learn it, not to just read it. Yeah, so totally. it's like, you know, and so, but not only that, but so they can actually apply it, mm. right? Like, cause that's mm. what we're trying to do. Like, for instance, there's no point teaching, like uh, Jordan talks about it, um, it with like teaching a squat. There's no point giving someone a million cues yep. at the one time. Like, cause it's like, you know, that's what's good. They, they don't have the, the kind of the foundational knowledge to understand even what you're talking about, or they may not have, they may not know what externally rotate the knee is, but they're trying to do that while bracing at the same time and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And it's like, you know, you, you're trying to deliver information in a way that gets maximum output for the people that you're delivering it to. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's really cool as well. Like, um, you know, you said the curse before is like, you know, on social media, it's like, um, a lot of trainers, including myself for like so long was like, I was, I forgot, like, for instance, it's like, you're always trying to do what's right yeah. sometimes. So it's like, you're looking at say someone who you look up to and you're like, okay, that's the information they're putting out or that's the way they're writing. And, and sometimes that's what I need to do. But then like, you know, if my audience is the everyday client coming into the gym and I'm putting out these big, long paragraphs of like, you know, some of the absolute bleeding edge science, it's like, well, they don't really give a fuck about that. Yeah, they, totally. they don't really care. So it's like, sometimes I think we can, and you're right, we can fall into that trap because we it's it's very hard to put yourself in someone else's shoes or see it through someone else's lens in anything in life yeah and i mean that's exactly right it's it's easy to impress people with knowledge but to make that knowledge usable for them like there's tons of times i've put a social media post up and people are obviously going oh yeah it looks like he knows his stuff like that's obviously that's pretty cool information but it doesn't really mean anything to them um the posts for me that have gotten the most <laughs> engagement are the simplest ones because people actually go, oh, fuck, I can actually use this. Like, get where he's coming from. It's not just like, oh, yeah, he's clearly smart. Like, I understand yeah. some of these words. You know what I mean? 100%. It's like, um, do you follow Craig Harper? I don't actually know. So, so he's like a, he goes, he's, he's got an Instagram um, account called Whiteboard Sessions. Mm -hmm. And he talks about, he doesn't write captions. He's like, he goes, okay, so I'm trying to deliver a message in what I can write within the actual picture. And right. it's literally just like, I, I think he actually writes it on a whiteboard, takes a photo of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so for instance, he might, and he's very philosophical. Um, and like, you know, just that's what he kind of, that's his realm in terms of what he talks about. But it's really cool because um, he fuck his engagements through the roof and stuff. But like, it's, it's easy because they don't have to read a caption. He delivers and, and he's got, the, he's built a skill to deliver a message in such a short mm. uh, kind of sentence. Yep. Um, and it kind of really like I, I heard him talk in his podcast about it when I was listening was he kind of says, well, you know, that's that's what he like. He goes, people don't want to like the people I'm talking to don't want to read a fucking post that's like six paragraphs long. Totally. He's like, I can deliver my message. And he goes, I've built it. I've, you know, I've started to get really good at it where I can simplify down a concept in my head into like one little sentence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he gets shares like and he goes, it just, you know, ever since he started doing that with his Instagram, it took off. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Because it's like, you know, understanding your audience is just such a critical tool, mm. in, especially if you're trying to get exposure in some way, shape or form or trying to deliver education. It's like, you know, just being and simplifying it down so it's digestible for your audience is, is, is you know, it's so, so important. Yeah, especially on Instagram. I think I was really, I found the, the platform very frustrating because, you know, you always get this fucking thing where you've got a limited amount of uh, space to work with. Like mm. the caption's only so long. It's obviously a, a highly visual medium. And for a lot of the nuance with a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, you can't really get that across in an Instagram post. And I used to try and do that. Mm. I used to try and answer questions before they would come up. Mm -hmm. I used to try and give all the context and give all the, um, you know, oh, these are the situations it works in. This is where it's different, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of realized at the end of the day, like, I'm sick of doing that because it just makes the whole thing a lot more, it's not streamlined mm. then. Um, whereas now you can, I kind of just put stuff out there and I make it so that people understand, look, this is, this is just a piece of the picture, but mm. I'm not going to go through all of the scenarios where things are different or actually if this, then that. 
Like, it's just not the medium for it. It's not correct. If you want to do that, like, I've got blog posts for that. You know yeah. what I mean? It's really interesting, like, uh, picking and choosing how you deliver information based on the medium as well, mm. like, or, or the, the platform that you're using. Um, it, it's interesting. And it's, it's definitely something that I think is... It's almost like you have to... And, and this is kind of what we were talking about, right? Like, this is the building that foundational knowledge where you actually understand something on a deeper level allows you to be able to actually uh, put it together in a, in a simplified version. Like, mm. for instance, you have to understand the, the deeper meaning of it, yep. right? So, you know, I mean, I fucking, I made the mistake of kind of doing something the other day where I put a concept out that I didn't fully understand yet, but then I went away. And now that I've got, like, I actually, and this is something that I did is I went out and wrote it out massively so I could understand it. But mm. then then I go, okay, so if somebody else is going to try to understand this, how do I have to put it? Yes. And it just, you know, it made a lot more sense when I, when I did that. So yeah. it's interesting because, like, you know, you're constantly going through that as well where you, you, you have to understand something and then be able to project it. And I think that's a really cool thing for people out there that are listening, like, on how to learn something is, like, think about how you can understand it on a deeper level but then also think about um, how you can simplify it as yeah. well. Because I think as well when you try to remember intricacies – that's where you can it can fall out of memory yeah i agree um so a few things on that firstly is that um part of the reason i got into a lot of the teaching stuff is because when i was i told this story at the seminar when i was at uni i had some people who are like internationally renowned for teaching some stuff like chemistry for example mm. and you get really excited you think oh there's this massively bright mind teaching me all this stuff it's going to be so awesome and you get in the room and you realize that they actually suck at teaching obviously they are incredibly intelligent but they lack the ability to put it in terms that people who are not quite on their level mm. can understand it you know and it's really frustrating when you have to go and buy like multiple textbooks just so you can find someone who's written it in a way that is understandable to someone who's not super advanced mm. so that was a real big insight for me that I, I still had massive respect for these people but at the end of the day i didn't learn anything off of them mm. um you know so there's that and then there's the other thing where um we talked a bit about uh chunks of information and you can only hold a certain number of chunks of information in your short-term working memory um, but what you can do is you can build up chunks. So I gave the example of like a phone number. If you had like 9498, that could be four separate pieces of information, four separate chunks, or you could shorten it into 9498. Um, and then it's two chunks, right? And so if I say to someone, squat, like the, the chunk of information that comes to mind for you around squatting could be far larger than someone who's newer to it, right? Mm. And that means that Ideally, what we're trying to do is exactly as you said, you're trying to have um, one concept where maybe one word or one image or something that ends up evoking all of this other information around it. So if I say squat to someone like Jordan Shallow, you know what I mean? He's, he's got like a billion things that, that come to mind for him. Mm. Um, and, and that's an easy thing for him to access. Uh, but for another person like squatting could encompass only a few things and then they've got to try and keep a whole bunch of other things in mind to learn it like oh, what was external rotation again mm. oh, what, what's bracing again all that sort of stuff whereas it's automatic for him already it's, it's already part of squatting um, so that's a really interesting thing that we're trying to develop these uh, this ability to have a chunk of information where if i say you know membrane to someone who's taken my science of fitness course they're thinking of um you know, concentration gradients and ions and, and all this sort of chemistry mm. stuff. They're not thinking about all the separate concepts. It's all kind of one thing. Mm. So it's that's kind of the goal with it all. It's almost like periodization for the brain, right? Like yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking about in my head. Like when you tied it back to the squat, it's like, um, you know, it's like there's different ways that you can get someone to squat to teach them how to brace. Yep. So it's like, in, you know, so you would be like, oh, I want you to focus on bracing. And then, you know, you might give them like a counterbalance squat, yep. right? Something like that. So it's, it's really cool. Um, so I want to touch on that more because I think that's something that will interest the, the guys that are listening is like, obviously, I think we, we get all, like most of the people listen as the pts and they're obviously trying to improve their knowledge and mm. and really like i guess become an authority and or stand out if that makes sense so like what are some of the the main tips in terms of learning and and almost like you know how we kind of talk about compound learning or compound like kind of knowledge is yeah. that how do the, how do you what would be the process of you know kind of doing that for an individual listening 
I think you've got to just start with um, not getting too overwhelmed by the amount of information out there. Like mm. pick something and build up with it um, and have that process orientation where you're, you're kind of learning a bit at a time and building on your, on your prior knowledge. Like the more knowledge you accrue over time, the easier it is to learn new mm. stuff. And so that's part of that compound interest that I spoke about where, you know, if you have $100 and you earn 10% interest on it, you're going to earn $10. Mm. But if you earn 10% interest on that, you're going to earn $11. And mm. if you earn 10% interest on that, you're going to earn $22. So it just keeps building and building and building that way the more you learn. So I think that's the first point is like just start somewhere and slowly build your knowledge. Um, you know, from a practical standpoint, I think making the time to have a dedicated learning time, like you know this really well, we've chatted about it quite a lot, where mm. you go, right, this is the time when it's most conducive for me to soak up and learn stuff. Mm. I'm scheduling it in and I'm going to do it and I'm going to give myself a certain amount of time to do it. Now, yours is like two hours or whatever it is, right? Um, it could be 20 minutes for somebody. Yeah. Like, you, you, that's all you need. It didn't start at two hours though. That's yeah, the thing, yeah, like, yeah. man, it was just like, a, yeah, it was like half an hour and then... You know, and, and even now it's not two hours straight. It's like I'll go for like I've got three walks. Perfect. Three five to ten minute walks just in there where I'll like I'll get up. I'll leave. All, I'm lucky I've got a good kind of relationship with the cafe that I do it at because mm -hmm. it's like I get up and just leave my shit, go for a walk <laughs> around the block and come back and it's all still there. So Yeah, that, that's beautiful. So that's a technique that is called spacing um, and it's actually – it was identified a, quite a long time ago. There's been multiple experiments where – um, I mentioned something called interleaving before. So there's two ways you can do this, like how you distribute your learning time. Um, the one way is spacing where you literally just go, like you might read for 15 minutes and then have a five minute break and you mm. just do nothing in between that. Um, just have a rest and then you get back into it again. The Pomodoro method, if people have ever heard of that, is a similar idea. That's uh, where you do 25 minutes of work and then you do a five minute break. Mm. Um, but you can use whatever ratios you want. Um, just set a timer and off you go. The other method is called interleaving, which I mentioned before, where mm. it's like you, you switch up um, what, you're, what you're learning. So like maybe you spend 10 minutes on chemistry and then you spend 10 minutes on you know something a bit different, like whether it's biomechanics or business stuff or whatever. I was just thinking in my head, that's what I do. So I do... I interchange between like neuroscience and psychology yeah. is my first book. And then my second book is always uh, business orientated. Yeah, great. So it's, and what happens then is your long-term retention is actually retained. So firstly, I think it keeps you a bit fresher and a bit more interested and engaged in what you're doing, but it also has been shown in research to improve your long-term retention of the information. So like from a, from a mechanical point of view, like that's how you need to structure stuff. Like that's really helpful for learning. Um, and again, it's just one of those things where it might not feel like you're doing too much day to day, but it's the same as like if you're dieting or trying to build muscle or whatever, like after six months, you look back and you go, holy shit, like I can't believe how much different my physique is. I can't believe how much different my knowledge is. It's the mm. same sort of concept. Um, and, and I suppose I'll continue with the physique analogy. A lot of people go, oh, I'm not academic. Like, oh, it's hard. Like, that's the point. Like, mm. you don't build muscle with easy workouts. Like, the, the training's got to be hard. You've got to stress the muscle. Well, muscle is what we call plastic. It's plastic tissue, which means it changes easily. Mm. If you give it a stimulus, it will change. Same thing with the brain. The brain is highly, highly plastic tissue, meaning when it's challenged, when you give it a hard stimulus, when you feel like learning is tough, that's when you're actually making a physical change to the brain, and that's how we form memories. So if something's super easy and you're trying to learn it, like you're not doing the right thing. It's got to be hard. I think it also, like um, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they kind of talked like something that is said to me that which kind of hit home and I didn't even realize it. But at the time when I heard it, I was like, it was like a light bulb moment. He's, mm. like, he's like, there's no such skill as business. Mm. He's like, business is made up of yep. mathematics, persuasion, all of these things. So mm -hmm. he was kind of talking about maybe, you know, what you, what we should really be doing is learning foundational, uh, or kind of, you know, um, educating ourselves with foundational bits of, um, content or knowledge. So instead of going and reading a book like, um, and, and it's, it's, it, it's a lot easier to read a book that's written, um, with all these kind of like on business, right? Because it's written mm. by someone in the first person, but like reading something like a textbook where you understand the foundational concepts of it, um, you're going to get a lot more out of, especially if you're crossing over across these different paths like, or the, uh, the different um, 
like our subjects right like yeah. so it's like and he talked about that doing that is a because again like what you're doing is you're 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 practicing or you're getting better at the skill of learning yes and then you can kind of laterally think across all these different totally. elements which is interesting it's it's something that i mean i was doing it previously without understanding it if that mm. makes sense like you know the textbook the neuroscience textbook and you know if um, i've done like like buy business courses or like uh, sorry like a finance courses or mm-hmm. like reading particular things and it's, it's really interesting that he said that because i think you know i come up again the other days like um you know i, I don't really have the knowledge on physics mm-hmm. um and i went and learned it and it just made so much sense right and now i can now that i i learned, i didn't when i went and I, when i taught myself physics i I started, I didn't go and read a book that wrote about physics. I just went and learned foundational little bits of information that mm-hmm. started to make sense once I added them all together, yep. um, which was really, really cool. So I think like that's another thing as well, based on what you've said that, you know, people can start to do is like try to find foundational bits of knowledge as well mm-hmm. and get good at the skill of learning. Like, I would, you know, me and Jordan just, we did a podcast before and we kind of talked about instant gratification, like maybe that plays a bit of a role in it as well. Like people want to be smart tomorrow rather yeah. than looking at it like a long-term thing. Totally. Because like reading's the only, like if we actually look at it, like reading's the foundation of learning. Yeah, Like it, sure. it really is. So it's like, you, you know, when you can read anything, you can kind of, or when you kind of get good at reading or like, you know, sitting down and just, you know, without um, like putting a, a kind of time limit on it, but not like this need to, to kind of get through it rather mm. than just get you good at reading for half an hour at a time and, and being okay with like indulging in the information is like, you know, once you can do that, then you can kind of go ahead and read anything. Like if that makes no, sense. I agree. And, you know, like even further to that point, it's just the simple thing of being able to have the attention to focus on something for half yeah. an hour. You know what I mean? Like I, when I started doing more social media stuff, I really found it affected my ability to focus and do my learning because Obviously, that medium is designed to have you scan stuff really quickly. A lot of the information is very visual with the pictures, and a lot of the information in captions and stuff is is like pretty simplified. And you're constantly scrolling, and you're teaching your brain how to do that. Mm. You know, so um, going back to like sitting down and reading a textbook then is really challenging because it's the complete opposite of that. Um, but you do get better at it if you give yourself the time to, to do it. And then it does mean, like you said, you can expose yourself to a variety of information. And it's funny because it's like if you have good general knowledge, like I said before, the more you know, the easier it is to learn. Because you mm. can connect ideas and sometimes they feel like they wouldn't relate at all. They're a bit random. But it really does give you a lot more context and it helps you to connect ideas and to be creative and to come up with more ideas of your own as well. Mm. Just by having a greater breadth of knowledge. So, you know, I, I would say that even, for example, you know, at night before I go to bed, part of my routine is reading a book, but I rarely read nonfiction. I read stuff like fantasy and sci-fi and, mm. and novels and stuff like that. Um, and it's amazing how much actual information you get exposed to in that. And I feel like, I genuinely feel like that stuff helps me in my more formal sort of education stuff that I'm doing as well. Um, which is pretty interesting because it's it's enjoyable and it's completely outside the realm of what I do professionally. But I do actually feel like it helps me in, in a general knowledge sense. Hundred percent, and I, like I do that as well. So like my nighttime reading is pure enjoyment. So yeah. like I'll read a biography or or something that's mm-hmm. not like intensive on just knowledge or like a kind of principles. It's like you know I get the enjoyment out of reading it, but you know there's also like wisdom comes through. Like because if someone's written a book, mm. right? Like whether it's fiction or non-fiction, they're going to express their experiences in, it in some way, shape, or form. You know, so it's like you can still learn from like non-fiction. Oh, sorry, from fiction, non-fiction, mm. right? And it's like you know, and sorry, yeah. Wait, which one? It's fiction. Uh, is fiction, right? Yeah, fiction. Yeah. 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 So it's like you can still learn a lot from that stuff. And and you know, um, I, I'm really enjoying reading biographies. Like I read um, Neil Danaher's biography. Mm-hmm. Do you know Neil Danaher? No. So he's a football coach. He's um, and he just got um, he's got motor neuron disease uh-huh. and he talks about the experiences of that and like it's just yeah. a great read but then like there was some things in that and i was like oh like it just made me think about some things like he doesn't talk about it from a scientific perspective but mm. you know he's got obviously fucking he's experienced it and then like i was starting to make connections and stuff like that and you know just stuff like that but the other thing that i was kind of uh, i was drawing back to is like neuroplasticity and and like i think we often get caught up in what we can do um 
from a, a gain perspective, mm-hmm. but not also like a loss or like, you know, driving habits that maybe aren't um, beneficial to us. Like yeah. the scrolling thing is totally. like, you know, um, what we practice grows stronger is something that I continuously tell myself, like, because it works both ways, not just, yeah. um, not good practices, but you know, sometimes the negative practices or not negatives, mate, that's a bit of a, not probably not the right word, but the, the ones that aren't beneficial for us as individuals with yep. what we're trying to achieve, you know, like scrolling or even just like, um, you know, one thing that I've tried to play with is like judgment, mm. like, cause you can't really eliminate judgment, mm. but you can definitely recognize it. Mm. So like, uh, so that's something that I've been playing with is like recognizing when I'm judging people yes. internally. Like, I mean, I never really talk about it out, out like outwardly, but even like internally is like, you know, recognizing when you automatically judge someone yeah, is something. Cause it's like, it's something that like, if you do it a lot, you're rewiring that, that, totally. that kind of... No, I agree. It's like the more you engage with it, the more you feed it, right? I think that's really pretty true. And uh, I don't know. I think a lot of getting better is not just... Add, it's not adding more. It's cutting away dead wood or mm. stuff that isn't serving you as well as you'd like. Um, so I'm totally on board with that. And I agree. I think like things like self-talk and all that sort of stuff is important. Um, you know, the more you feed something, the more it will grow. Do you uh, meditate at all? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, a lot of what I want to do with... And so there's meditation and there's mindfulness too. So for me, meditation is like an active practice where you're, you're sort of sitting and focusing. But there's also the mindfulness piece where... Um, so I'll give you an example. I drove over here today and you could put music on or the radio or a podcast or something and I chose not to I'd rather drove in silence Mm -hmm. right and it's just leaving me space in my mind where my attention is not being demanded Mm. and and I find that sort of stuff is actually pretty important and it's something that um, anybody can do like because if you think about it we have so much access to media these days that you know whether you're commuting and you're reading a book listening to a podcast or music or whatever it is if you're at work or even like a lot of people have the news on the background when they're at home or there's like never a, a single moment where we're not occupied in terms of our attention um, outwardly. Mm. And I feel like we need more of those introspective or internally focused moments. Um, and the only time many people get it is when they go to bed. Mm. And that's often where, you know, you I don't know if you find this, but you often have these like great ideas or you, you start thinking about problems. My problem is I follow them too much. Like, yeah. cause like, you know, cause I don't have like, and this is the thing that I'd be interested to see with yourself is like, cause I, you know, I don't have to be at the gym mm. at 5am or something like that. Like some nights I'll just be like, fuck it. I'm going to get up and, and go hard at this. And like, yeah. you know, don't worry, I fucking pay for it in a yeah, couple totally, of days. But it's yeah. like, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like definitely happens, man. Like some of my best ideas is like, I've just hopped into bed and I'm like, Oh man, like yeah, know, right? what are you fucking doing to I me? Know. I think like someone was saying, keep a notepad just next to your bed. Like, so yeah. it's just, you don't have to go on Get your phone out. and you yeah. just bang, 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 you know, quickly. It's a, it's an interesting thing, but keep going with what you were saying. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's just, that is the time when people have some internal focus and there's a lot of good that comes out of that, like ideas and working out problems and as humans we have this unique ability to simulate situations or possibilities Mm. and think a lot of simulation and imagination happens when your mind is not externally occupied with something Mm. and that's usually when people go to bed at the end of the day Um, so that's fantastic but it's also the time when we're trying to fucking wind down and sleep Mm. which is not a good thing so give yourself the space and the time throughout the day to do that instead and I've found with clients of mine they've been able to sleep better when they engage in that practice but it also you get to know yourself better you get to think more on on solutions to problems and, and things like that in your life be more creative all that sort of stuff Um, Which ironically, you know, we're preaching like, yeah, expose yourself to information and try and learn. Ironically, sometimes cutting out the information or the noise like podcasts and stuff like that. Sometimes just like cutting, simplifying that and cutting it down a little bit can actually be more beneficial. Yeah, I I find like, so I'm I'm really big on meditation. But one thing that I'm also like, so I meditate daily and I feel like when I don't meditate, I go through that. Where it's like I I feel the need to actually have more inputs. Like Mm. it's like... And one thing that I used to do is when I felt like this, I would go sit at a dog park mm. and I would just sit there like, and I just watch dogs and like yeah, cool. just spend time in, in, in silence for like an hour. And, mm. and, you know, I'm very much like that anyway, but 
there's t- I, it's a flow right like there, there's times like and I, and I often i get a bit worried about this sometimes like when i feel the need to grab my phone like or like just check something like mm. i'm actually going through it right now like the, the, i reckon for the past two or three weeks and i think it's maybe because the over the summer break you know when i i took some time off like mm. i was finding you have too much of that time yeah and it was like you know i found myself being on my phone a little bit more than usual and we're also doing a lot, lot of stuff with our social media at the moment so we've changed yeah, kind of rebranded hard. and stuff and you kind of have to be on it a bit more and now i'm feeling like fuck so i think it's like finding that that i, I don't know if the right word is balance but it's like you know it's almost like I look at it as like a counterbalance to mm-hmm. shift me back into this state that I want to be in. Yeah, like, I agree. You know, I think maybe I'm just not spending enough time. Like, whereas last year where we weren't putting a lot of effort into social media, maybe 10 minutes of meditation and a few other little moments was enough. But now I'm feeling like I need to do a little bit more to shift me back yeah. into that state. I feel the same, actually. Um, yeah, I try to get away from social media a bit, but it's just super hard. Mm. And um, there's a lot going on there. And obviously, it's one of those things you just kind of got to engage in when you're doing this sort of business. Um, but I did find it a lot easier on my mental state when I was away from it. Um, but you know, when you're engaging with it a bit more, it's like, yeah, you almost have to do the work to kind of bring you back a little bit towards the center, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting concept. I haven't, like, I was only thinking about it a few weeks ago. It was like, I just need a, I could just felt this urge to touch my phone. And yeah. it's because we've been doing a lot of stuff and I'm doing a bit more with my own Instagram. And, you know, so it, it's definitely an interesting concept. So, um, so when do you head off? When do you go overseas? Uh, four weeks time, man. 26th of cool. Feb, I think. Yeah. And when's is the Science of Fitness launch? So the semester is going to start on the 3rd of Feb. So it's just like, um, yeah, not very long, actually, a few days. Um, we get started. Jeez, that is. We're almost in Feb already. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. So a few days, we'll, that, that semester will start. Um, so, yeah, it should be, should be really good. Got quite a few people on board already. Um, Still spots? Is it something that... Yeah, I got a few more spots. Um, like, got enough people at the moment, but I also think I'll, I'll be able to handle having a couple more people. Cool. So I've kind of left a few more spots open, see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, I got a good crew on board so far, so it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So um, we're going to wrap it up there, man. But what cool. I might get you to do is just let the guys know. So there might be a few people interested that are listening. Where can they um, find out a bit more info about you and, and where can they kind of find out a bit more info about the, the course as well? Yeah, uh, just go to lukatalek.com and it's all on there. Um, obviously, my Instagram is at underscore lukatalek uh, and you can find links to all the stuff I do over there. So Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me again, man.